Let's try it again. How y'all doing? There we go. How you mom and them? They aight? Okay. Hey, everybody. My name's Brent Baskin. I don't normally talk, about, talk like that, but sometimes you just feel the need to. It's a good southern thing to do. Uh, y'all, we have been in Philippians, working through Philippians. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 3 tonight. So if you've got a Bible or a Bible app, um, you can do that. <clears throat> um, I like uh, exercise. I'm like basically the Michael Phelps of participation trophies. Okay. Um, this one, I, this was my very first half marathon. Uh, it was awesome because I hurt my leg in uh, practice trying to train for it. Um, basically, my knee hurt so bad that I had to go on pain meds and stop running. But I finished, did the race anyway because I'm a stubborn old man. Um, let's see. This is last year's Barry. Um, this was another participation trophy. Did you know it gets really hot? in the middle of the day when you're wearing Under Armour cold gear and it turns 50 degrees instead of the 30 degrees they promised it was going to be at the end of the race. It also doesn't work if you spend two and a half hours running the race. Um, that doesn't help either. Uh, but I finished, and I'm going to run it again in March. So if any of you want to come with me and run that 13.1 bad boy, let's do this. Oh, yeah, I'm in. And my training's better. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to break that 220 mark. So, all right. Now, here's... All right, Bob's already gone to training. Okay, so he's gone practice. Anybody want to go with him? Now, this one is strategic. I learned something in all my training. If you don't go to the race that all the fast people go to, you go find another race that all the fast people don't go to, and you run that race. And then you got a chance to win something. So a couple of years ago, um, I ran a CASA superhero race, and this is for, like, foster care race. Well, it happened to be similar. It was in Dallas. We were in Texas at the time and not in Atlanta, but in this area. But it'd be similar to like everybody going to run the big race in Atlanta, but Rome having a small, tiny race here, and none of the very fast people stayed for that one. So it was a 5K, and by chance, the guy that won it was in my age group, which disqualifies him from our age group, and it was the very first time I ever got third in a race, Okay. <laughs> ever. So I got third in a race, and that was awesome. Um, I got third one time too, but I don't have a participation tri- uh, medal for that one. Um, but I was in fifth grade one time, and uh, they had these cool little bouncy ball things called pogo balls. Bob may have had a pogo ball, um, but you stood on it. It's kind of like a, uh, uh, right, kind of like a pogo stick, but it was a ball, and you squeezed your feet to the ball, and you bounced. I got third in that one time too. That was nice. Uh, the only reason I got third is the guy that stopped, stopped like right in front of the finish line, and I kept going and crossed the finish line, so I got third. Now, uh, two years ago, uh, Chick-fil-A runs these awesome races. Bryce props Chick-fil-A back there for you, buddy. Um, Chick-fil-A has these awesome races, and they do 5Ks and 10Ks, and I got smart, and I went for the 10K this time, and it rained, and it was cold and rainy. And smart, fast people don't run in wet weather because they know that they're so fast they'll slip and fall and hurt themselves. But fat, slow people like me don't know that. And so um, I ran it anyway. And uh, some of y'all know who Darude is. Darude, they have a song called Sandstorm. Y'all, y'all tracking with me? When you run to Sandstorm by Darude, you run faster. And so I had that beat running, and it, you know, that, you start trucking with it, right? And so this old guy behind me, who was older than me, is like, 
where'd you find that kick? And I'm like, through by Sandstorm, man. That's where it's at. So for seven and a half minutes, I had a kick. And who knew where that came from? And the girl in front of me was not going to beat me, by the way. I passed her. And so by a miracle of God, nobody in my age group showed up to run except for like one guy that walked. And I actually got first place in my age group at a, at a 10K. Yeah. So, so like I'm like the Michael Phelps of participation medals right here, buddy. And I'm going to get me another one in about a month and a half uh, when the Barry shows up. And then I'm going to, I saw Bob ran the, the, the Rome half uh, back in December because he's cool. And I just ran the 5K. Uh, I got second in that one too, but they didn't give out medals for second. They only gave it for first place. Yeah, so I was very disappointed in that because I actually ran really fast in that one. I ran so fast, Darude didn't even finish before I crossed the finish line, and that was pretty cool. So, but anyway, the, the idea here is that these are really nice. I mean, I enjoy these, especially if you knew where I was in high school. Um, I was the, like the last kid picked in dodgeball. Perhaps you can relate to that guy. Um, I was always, unless it was something nerd, like if it was like a math science competition preparing for a test, I always got picked like top two or three for that one. Uh, but like when it was math or athletic stuff, basketball, baseball, soccer, you know, I was the guy going, ooh, ooh. Y'all, y'all are all athletes. Y'all wouldn't understand that. But it's like, please pick me. I don't want to be here next to that guy. I don't want to be the last one. Like, Baskin, come on, we'll take you. But as I got older, I realized that God had gifted me with the ability to be just have a physical body. Like I actually could walk and run and I didn't have to be as fast as Bob I, or as you know athletic as Bryce. I could just be me and be Brent, right? <laughs> You'd be surprised. Have you seen that figure? I mean, I'm telling you, it looks pretty good. Um, so anyway, I, I realized that God had unique, uniquely gifted me with the ability to do what I'm capable of and I didn't have to compare myself to everybody else in the room. And so when I tried out for this one, this was the White Rock Half Marathon. It celebrated the 100 years of the White Rock Lake in Dallas, and it's the lake right next to downtown Dallas. If you ever go to uh, Dallas, Texas, there's a lot of yachts, and it's not like motorized yachts. It's like rowing yachts and things like that. It, there's nothing motorized on the whole, on the whole lake. It's, it's really cool how that lake is set up. But anyway, you can run around the whole thing. Um, I realized that I didn't have to run the race to beat somebody because I was never going to be that guy who could win a race like this. Um, but I could finish a race and be better than I had been. Um, I was in the business of completing something. And so what I want to challenge us with tonight is this idea, and I want you to repeat after me, I'm not done yet. Can you repeat that? I'm not done yet. Okay, good. I want you to carry that idea with you by the time we finish tonight. This idea that God's not done with me. I'm not done yet. And it's pretty easy to say, you go, you know what? I haven't even graduated high school yet, so I know I'm going off to college. I know I've got to graduate from college. I've got all these things I need to do. But there does come a point in our Christian life as well, though, where we say, you know what? I've given my life to Christ, and I come to church. I'm good. I'm doing okay. I'm satisfied. But I want to challenge us with the idea that Paul is telling us that even that, is not enough. Like, that's getting one of these and, and saying, okay, I'm good, I can retire now. And what, Pete, what Paul is challenging us with is this idea of, I'm not done yet, and neither should you be. Uh, so we're going to be in Philippians chapter 3, 
verse 12. And I'm going to try to very carefully take these off because they're getting kind of hot. And so, you know, because when you got as many medals as I do, you know, you just are hot. So, all right. And as my daughters said, it sounds like a cowbell. And then I'm like, well, it is Chick-fil-A. So, all right. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 uh, says this. Not, and I'm reading from English Standard Version. You may be reading from something uh, similar, but not quite. So uh, it says, not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Let's stop there just for a second because I want to tie in something here. It says, not that I've already attained this. Some of you may have the word it. Uh, it's that word of going back to the previous section, 1 through 11, the idea of resurrection, being resurrected from the dead, salvation in Christ Jesus. Salvation is a process. You accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you are sealed. You are promised. Holy Spirit lives within you. There's nothing you or anyone can do to take that away from you once you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. But what he is saying is, I haven't achieved the final goal yet. And you've, I think you've covered this, but in 1 through 11, he talks about all these accolades he had, but yet he said it didn't matter. You know, he had all the Jesus trophy or uh, religious trophies he could handle, but it didn't matter. It was all garbage or rubbish compared to what the resurrection meant to him and what Jesus meant to him. So I want to bring, make sure you paid attention to that. He says, but I press on to make it my own because Jesus Christ has made me his own. Brothers and sisters, we're going to be inclusive there. I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, so let's stop there for just a second. What lies behind? It's a place. It's a location. Based on what we've just described in Philippians chapter 3, all the accolades, if you want to go bigger context, you might be able to include some of the things that he's going to talk about in Philippians, which was, is uh, some tension and some relationships we're going to see that in Philippians chapter 4. There's also an idea of suffering, going through difficult circumstances. So what lies around me, I'm going to let all that go, and I'm just going to take off running for the prize and the goal. Because what are we going to remember before we leave this place? What? I'm what? I'm not done yet. So I'm not, I don't have to sit in the suffering. I don't have to be satisfied with all the accolades that I've been given in high school. I'm not done yet. So where are we at? Uh, verse 15. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this to you also. All right, so let's stop and think about this for a second. This idea of what lies around me. Um, any of you ever attempted to run a sprint like 100 meter or 200 meter? Okay, I've attempted, obviously, but it takes me about a calendar year to get to the finish line. When, they, when you run the 100... What they tell me is, and strictly somebody else, you look at a point not in front of your feet, but at the, past the finish line, so you run a straight line. Because if you take off running and you turn to the left, what happens? Yeah, I think you probably covered that in some other Bible studies. But yeah, you're right. You start veering off. Um, <clears throat> I've learned that the fastest way to get from point A to point B is what? Straight line. Yes, you've had math class. What a... You can actually say, that math class did teach me something. I actually used it. So there you go. Yeah, straight line. 
So if I press on towards the goal, I'm going to just run that straight line. It is the fastest way to Jesus. But what happens is all this stuff gets in my way and becoming a distraction. You know what? I don't like distraction. You know what the biggest thing I can't stand? Mario Kart distractions. You got it? Okay. I can't stand it when that happens. Can I get an amen? Thank you. What is that? Is that oil thing? I ink, whatever that is. Yeah, I can't stand it. I can't drive straight. I can't see what's going on. It's a distraction. It's annoying. I'm ready for it to go away. I can drive fine if it shoots me with lightning, if it hits me with one of those pal things. I don't care what it is, but you give me that thing, I'm like, <laughs> and I can never get it in the little and make everybody else do it. But anyway, there are so many things that are going on that try to keep us from seeing what's in front of us. All right, so I got an idea. Let's take two minutes. Grab your phones. What? Your phones? In church? Really? Yeah. Try this. Pull up the notes. Oh, I'm sorry. What do you have of your Android? Do you have notes too? Yeah. Okay. For you Android people, you can pull up your notes too. But if you're iOS, pull up your notes. We've talked about accolades that can distract us from the prize and the goal. Possibly some sufferings that might, because he talks about suffering in prison in Philippians. We're going to see in Philippians chapter 4 some broken relationships, some people that aren't getting along that might be keeping us. I want you to jot down, I'm going to give you about a minute, I want you to jot down some things in your life right now that are keeping you from pursuing the prize that is Christ Jesus. It is those things that are around us. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. What are those things that are lying around? I want you to give you a minute to put some things down. You're not going to send them to me. I'm not going to go and read them all and go, I am going to challenge you to send them to somebody that you trust and that can pray for you. Maybe that would be Ryan or Bob or your Sunday school teacher. But I just want you to look at that list. So I'm going to give you about a minute. just going to quietly let you do that really hard to be quiet. Never heard kids as teenagers as quiet before, have you, Bob? Scary. <laughs> All right. Now, <clears throat> let's finish the idea because here's what he says. Let's go back to this. He says, uh, verse 17 or 15, he says, Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. For those of you that wrote this down, can I just tell you, congratulations, God would consider you, Paul would consider you mature. Because he says, in your maturity, God would reveal it to you. So well done. You're growing. And why is that? I'm what? I'm not done. God is showing you where you need to work. Uh, Pastor Mac has challenged us to fast and pray for three weeks, right? And you're thinking, not me. Um, it's hilarious. And he said it, I think, when actually you may have said it the minute 
it starts, someone's going to hit you upside the head. And I decided I was going to give up social media games um, on my phone. I wasn't going to do games the first week. Right after church, uh, one of my daughter's friends came up and said, hey, what's your high score on such and such game? And it just went right over my head. Didn't even think about it until I got I'm like, I wasn't kidding. I mean, the minute it happened. Um, my wife wanted to give up a certain drink, and my daughter said, hey, uh, the, my youngest daughter's like, can I have some sweet tea? Can we make tea at home? And Melissa started crying, going, that was what I was going to give up all week, and my daughter's not wanting sweet tea in the house. I mean, it just hits you. You've been challenged to give up something, to pursue a goal, to pursue a prize. Could it be that the one thing God has challenged you with, or has, you didn't think he was going to challenge you with, could be on that list? Give that up for the next three weeks to pursue a prize, which is to see God, to see God move, and maybe, just maybe, see God move in the lives of your friends because the distractions, things that are getting in our way, aren't in our way anymore. Just a thought. Maybe it's possible that God wants to mature us in such a way. Now it gets difficult. Verse 17. Brothers and sisters... We're going to join everybody here. Join in imitating me and keeping your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. All right, so let's stop there. Part of your maturing process is we do this together. You are not the only one done. You are in the process of maturing. Your friend next to you is in the process of maturing. The person on the back corner of the room is maturing. The person on the front row is in the process of maturing. Now, what Paul is suggesting, and this is the challenge for those of you that say, you know what, I want to be mature in my walk with Christ. And that doesn't mean that you have to be in 9th, 10th, 11th, or 12th grade, by the way. That means as a 7th and 8th grader, 6th grader, you can be mature in your relationship with Christ. You don't have to wait for a certain age. You go get it now. Make all these high school kids look bad. Please. Please make them look bad. Push them. Push, 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 push. What it's suggesting is you being able to take the risk, wipe everything off that notes page and say, I am done with this. I'm pursuing a prize. And being able to, in essence, grab a microphone and say, Hey, if you want to walk with Christ, do everything I do. And if I don't do it, you don't do it. Scary. I have two daughters who watch every move I make. And I make some dumb moves. I do. I'm just weird that way sometimes, right? Luckily, I'm a guy and I can just write it off. Go, That's what stinky boys do. Just don't do that. But... They watch me. They watch what I say. They watch what I eat. They watch what I watch on TV. They just pay attention. The music we listen to, you know, I set great examples for music. We listened to Demon Hunter, Red, and Disciple on the way here from church today. Those are great examples of music that you should all follow and imitate me. I know you guys, most of you guys do Crowder, but I'm just telling you where I come from, what world I live in. Me and Melvin, we're pretty tight. All right, so... But what I'm saying to you is, are you willing to grab a microphone and in front of everybody say, imitate me? Because that's what Paul is saying, because there are people in the world that you are going to be watching and looking at to say, you know what, I want to be just like them. 
you have to ask yourself the question, do I really? Because what Paul is saying is, if I'm not done, do I want to be like them when it's all said and done? You have to look at what the finished product is for that person or individual you're wanting to watch. You know, Instagram, we got a lot of follows on Instagram we want to watch and that we want to follow and we want to be like. But some of those photos took about a thousand takes in order to get the one that's on Instagram. And if we saw them in real life, how they really acted and what they really did, we may go, eh, I'm not so sure. How scary would it be for us to say, I'm willing to make a difference in my friend's life by setting an example for others to follow? The pressure's on Ben and Ryan and Bob and Suzanne and me and Bryce and the rest of us who say, follow my example. When I'm in the grocery store and I don't know who you are, I hope I act the same way I do up here as I do in the grocery store. I hope I'm smiling because I like to smile. I like to put smiles on people's faces. I treat the grocery store clerks with great respect because I remember what it was like to be servant, to serve others. I want to be respectful. I don't want you to see me griping and yelling and throwing a fit about the price of something at a grocery store. I don't want you to go, I think I remember that weirdo guy that was talking about all those medals he had. Let me watch and see what he does when he's at Starbucks. How does he act? And you just kind of sneak in and get your coffee and you sneak back out. And I'm <laughs> God's yeah, thank you. Apparently, he doesn't want me to go to Starbucks anymore, if you get my point. Uh, but you just kind of sneak in and sneak out, and you just want to watch and see how I act, and I talk with my friends. Those are things that we need to be challenged with in imitating. So if you want to mature, are you willing to give up what is necessary in order for you to be able to say to your friends, if you want to know what it's like to be a Christian, imitate me. Here's what's awesome. Flip over to Philippians chapter 1. I'm not done. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Resurrection. It's kind of the big idea of Philippians, and we just covered it in Philippians chapter 3. But that you... Here's what's awesome about that you. That you is singular, not plural. Which means he began a work in you. I wasn't running against you. I was running my race. I was running the pace that I had been prepared for. Some of you can go win a race. Right now, you could go run it and win it. You're that fast, that quick. More power to you. But that is your race, your pace, your speed. Some of you would be lucky to walk it and be glad you walked it and crossed the finish line. That is your race, your tempo, your pace, your speed. Your Christian life is not a competition with the other people in this room. Your Christian life is the race that God has set for you to complete. The question is, with the things that are on your list and what God has challenged us with, are you pursuing the goal that God has called you to? For some of you, that may be salvation. To surrender your life to Christ and say, I've got to start the race. 
For some of you, it may be, hey, I'm done playing church. It's time to start that whole maturing thing, meaning I now recognize there's some things I need to work on, and it's time I start growing up. You don't have to wait till you graduate high school to grow up. Pursue God. It's not about just saying, hey, I'm saved, I'm good. It is about going after God because God needs to become a part of everything we do, not just part of what we do. Some of you, it's time to take the step, next step up and say, I need to start leading by example how I live my life so that others may follow. Whether you're in public school, Christian school, homeschool, it doesn't matter. How are we living our life in such a way that we're being an example for others to follow? Because even Paul says, join me in, imitate, in being an imitator or imitatee where other people imitate us. Is God done with you? Say No, God's not done. Good. Let's pray together.